It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Log Talk Radio. Started when I was five, hired out to watch a baby, and he beat me when he cried. I consider that too much of a price. Even though I'm thick skin, some of the scars stay with me for life. I ain't never been the type to spin around to the other cheek. Putting up a fight to me and my people's all are free. Four brothers, four sisters, thick family. I'm the fourth child, you following mathematically. God's in my veins, I can feel it in my soul. Three older sisters never seen again when they were sold. When they came from my brother, my mom's made them a promise. Whoever tried to take them, she Splitting open your noggin Mommy was a rider Spiritual advisor Security provider That's why I'm alive wire When they ain't take my brother I felt the power inside of me Influenced by the moment I'll never settle for slavery Heavy metal weight In my head as a teen Now with seizures Dr. Lepsy And strange dreams From the tribe of Asante Through grandma Modesty Being free Holding my own Just a part of me You thinking about coming after me Better bring your faculty 20 miles away Before you even know what's happening Cargo on my train and it's something like traffic I'm Harriet the conductor I ain't never lost a passenger I'm plotting on my escaping I'm married and feeling patient I'm out here with no debating You silly for conversating I'm breaking and while you waiting And I'll make it I'll be sure to get the safest route to travel And be back for you as base September 17th 1849 Me and my brothers Henry and Ben said it's mine So we left for Maryland Headed towards Freedom Land But they feet chillied up So we turned around and went Back to the owners Believe me I didn't wanna Had I knew my brother was scared with in the bottom a little while later man i ran away again but this time straight dolo fan backs to the wind in the middle of the night in the winter in the cold i was navigating on the underground railroad nah it ain't a literal train it's a form of resistance just with the railroad theme so a station's a safe house where the runaways go and the runaway slaves are considered cargo the person who hit them considered a station master and the stockholders the one who will put the cash up me i'm the king I transported the cargo routes that I took remain secret. I took an old boss of my train. You get on, there is no rebelling. Grown man said he turning back, and I had to tell him, fam. Why you had me bring the metal out? Cock it back, point it at your head and bring the devil out. There's no going back. Besides, you gon' snitch and I'll kill you where you stand before you sing behind a whip. Running from slave catches, a bounty on my head. Until my whole fam free, I don't really care. Had a 10 year span with 19 or so trips. I done free so many slaves, they calling me Moses. During the Civil War, because of my skills, I became the first woman to lead an armed assault. I am Harriet Tubman. You need to fall back, a conductor. I never Ram my train off the track. You thinking about coming after me? Better bring your faculty. 20 miles away before you even know what's happening. Cargo on my train and it's something like traffic. I'm Harriet the conductor. I ain't never lost a passenger.
Good evening, everyone. This is Rodney and my co-host. Hi, my name is Sarah Weston. All right. So this is our first show, everybody. So it may be a little rough here and there, but boy, do we have some stuff for you tonight. So first of all, welcome to Our Own Voices Live's new show called Sarah? It's called E Pluribus Unum, and that stands for one of many. It was our country's motto before we put in God we trust on our bill, and I think it's very, very fitting for the times we're living in right now. Yes, because we've been divided way too long in the supposed United States of America. So, once again, my name is Rodney Smith, and the co-host today is Miss Hi, my name is Sarah Weston. Right. And our topic today, and we're going to hit a bunch of things, but primarily we're going to talk about Michelle Fiore. And for those of you who may not know who she is, we're going to tell you here in a minute. We're going to talk about race, and we're going to talk about the Nevada GOP. But even though we're talking about the Nevada GOP, really this is just the GOP. And we'll explain that a little bit later as the show goes on. If you all have any questions, if you're listening and you have a question, please call in and ask your question. And you can dial 516-531-9535. Once again, that's 516-531-9535. And you can, you can even listen to the show. And But when you're ready to talk, if you press 1, then that will give me a little indicator on my switchboard, and I can bring you in. And then you can ask your question or say whatever it is that you're going to say. So some of the other things, so we're going to talk about the, the title is Michelle Fiore Race and the Nevada GOP. Uh, we're going to talk about, obviously, the new radio show, E Pluribus, as Sarah just mentioned. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Fiore and her statement. And for those who don't know, she was just on the 6 o'clock news here in Las Vegas on Channel 13. And, had no clue what we were talking about. Uh, also of course she did. Of course she did. Yes. Also, the NAACP had some comments about an upcoming, well, a former upcoming event that Michelle Fiore and Victoria Seaman were the guest speakers of. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Clark County uh, GOP. Uh, we're going to go down we're going to talk about the alt-right. And for those who don't know what the alt-right is, we'll get a little bit more into that in, in detail as we go along. So we're going to talk about the alt-right in the GOP and who is who. That's right, who is who. Uh, we're going to talk about Michael McDonald. And he may have said a little fit uh, to the body. Just about a little the bit of a fit? A little bit of a fit, Rodney? A little bit? Just a little one? Well, we'll 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 we'll, we'll see. We'll we'll just we'll let them examine the information. Correct. And you all determine whether it's a fit. And then we have we're going to talk a little about and Sarah's going to lead this. We're going to talk about Ch- Chuck Booth and is he a racist? How, he is a racist. We'll end it with race relations and how we move forward. So once again, if you all have a question or comment. Or if you just want to listen in, you can do it by phone 
by dialing us at area code 516-531-9535. Once again, that's 516-531-9535. And when you get ready to talk, just press the one on your keypad. That'll let me know. So a little bit about Our Own Voices Live. Now Our Own Voices Live, E Pluribus Owner. It's a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas and the surrounding area and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its cultural diversity and not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the culture and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. And that's what we're going to try to do today with our own voices live e pluribus odem. And the title, the name was thought of and created by my co-host, Miss Sarah Weston. And Sarah, why don't you tell them a little bit more about you and why are we doing this tonight? Okay, so I've I've been a Las Vegas resident for over two decades, been involved in politics, mostly on the uh, the Republican side in the state of Nevada for a decade, maybe more. Um, I, you know, I grew up here. I essentially, I got here when I was, you know, 17, and this is my home. I, I, I have a son that's two and a half, and I'm a I'm a white woman um, raising a, a black child, and uh, race relations for me have become paramount to my life because what's happened for me, um, and I think there's a lot of people in Las Vegas that you know, are parents, and we all love our children, and we all want to give our children the absolute best world that we can. And so for me as a white woman, I did not understand the two Americas, the white America and the black America. And it's, it's almost like we don't want to talk about that, you know, uh, but the truth is that's the thing that torn this country apart for, you know, over 400 years. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions and stuff. I think there's a lot of misunderstandings uh, from white people with terms like white privilege. They don't understand that. that people hear white privilege if they're white, and they, they just think, I'm not privileged. I mean, I wasn't born into money and, and all that stuff. And, 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 and that's true, uh, you know, because there's more white people on welfare than, than black people or any and or people of color for that matter uh, if you put them all together and for the purpose of this conversation what white privilege means is that as a white person you have you know experienced certain inalienable rights granted to you from the constitution that black people have not been given for the purpose of the conversation we're going to have today we're we're going to specifically talk about the white and the black issue not that we don't have other issues, and I don't mean to, you know, um, be insensitive to other issues because we, we know we have other issues. But for this conversation, we're going to talk specifically about white versus black America and where we start as children. I think, I think as a child, I started on the 30-yard line. Maybe white men start on the 40-yard line. But if you're African-American, I don't know if you start on the zero line, you know. 
you might start on the negative 20. And I, I'm not, I'm speaking to, I'm going to speak to white people. Uh, Rodney, I'm going to let you, you know, speak to black people. I think black people are tired of white people telling them what they need and what exists and everything else. And we just need to have a conversation about what it is. And so um, I don't know what it's like to be black. Uh, I don't know what it's like to be a man. And as a, as a white mother um, of, a, of, a, of a black male toddler, you know, um, I worry about what's going to happen to my child if things don't change, as so many other mothers do. And I think, you know, a lot of us worry about what, what's going to happen to our children. But if you're white, you don't necessarily worry that your child's going to get killed for, you know, changing his oil while black or driving this car while black or being executed in a public square like we've seen the last body count um, of a video in Minneapolis of Mr. Floyd that that I couldn't even watch and 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 you know we call ourselves a civil civilization I don't a civilized nation I, I don't I don't know what's civilized about that so uh, you know, I, I used to be a Republican. I'm no longer a Republican. I became a Democrat to stop the Republicans, but I'm here to defend the Clark County Republicans specifically for what they did sticking up against Michelle Fiore. I know that was hard, and um, people don't even understand what it's like when you leave the GOP or if you break from, you know, the status quo or you go up against anyone. And um, and it's a terrible – I mean, I know what happened to me when I came out against against Donald Trump or – racism or anything else that was I mean they called me everything but a, a white woman and a human being so people are scared um, there were 250 people at that at that event that happened on Saturday and I ask anybody you know moving forward if, if you are willing to come and talk to the news media they are willing to protect you I was not there but um, in order for us to move forward I think as a country and heal and start to really, really, really get some, some, you know, some honest dialogue and understanding and tolerance and everything else. What needs to happen is we need to understand that in my, in my assessment, and I could be wrong, Rodney, if I am, let me know. I think that there's three, we've come to a place where there's three types of people. You're either a racist, complicit in racism, or you call your own out. And calling your own out in the GOP, is, you know, look what happened to Mitt Romney when he called out President Trump. The same thing that happens here. So um, I just, uh, I hope we can, you know, make a difference and and uh, stay united and fix our community. Rodney. Okay. And so, Sarah, how did, first of all, tell them, why we started this particular show and, and why it was so important for you to have this show. So you've told them a little bit about you, but tell them why oh, you yeah. thought we need to have a show. I, I think in, in, in this instance, you know, um, every, so um, as I said before, with my experience, I knew my son was going to grow up in a world I didn't understand. And, and I think that what happens is because we elect black politicians, you know, like we elected a black president twice or, or you know, we elected an attorney general in Nevada, uh, I think white people think, well, you know, we've bridged that gap. And that's, that's just not the case. I mean, 
whenever I would call any of my male successful black friends, and it didn't matter, they don't talk to each other, whether it's my son's father or, you know, you, Rodney, or some other people that um, I have developed some really phenomenal relationships with, you know, high people in the state of Nevada, very successful black men. About the, the Mr. Aubrey case in Georgia, I'd call, you know, my hair on fire, ah! and, um, and the whole response was the same, is welcome to my world. And my heart broke because that shouldn't happen in America. Like, we're supposed to be a country of principles and honesty, and we claim that that's what we are. But we've had human rights violations in this country for 400 years. And they're still going on. And that's not okay for me. And so for me, Las Vegas, Nevada claims to be the most diverse uh, community in the country. UNLV touts their diversity. And it's wonderful. But we need to start operating like we love our diversity and get rid of the systemic problems that have existed here in our own community. You know, I, uh, most of the stuff I've ever done politically or the things I'm involved in, they're involved in Las Vegas, Nevada. They go to Carson City sometimes, but, you know, I don't, uh, I don't comment on what's going on in Florida per se. I don't know Florida, but I know Nevada, and this is my home. And, you know, I think we all need to concentrate on how we can change our own local communities, and then we can change our state, and then we can change our country. And so we all have a responsibility, but for the purpose of this conversation – you know, um, the things I discovered was the alt-right is right here in Nevada, live and well. Proud Boys, Three Percenters, the American Guard. I mean, I called right I didn't even know who those people were. And Boogaloo Boys, we just had an arrest. So, you know, we want to pretend and proclaim that we're something that we're not. And I think we need to be honest. Nothing's ever going to change if we just don't start speaking the truth and being honest. And then changing it. And so let the folks know how you and I met and how we got to this point in our relationship that we could do a show together. Okay, so as, like I said, a, a, a white woman of a, of a black child, just I, I was a powerless mother, and I'm sure, I'm sure people can understand if you're a woman and you have children, you know, uh, to be a powerless mother, you, you, you humble yourself. And it's not even about humbling yourself. It's just really about being honest. I have no idea what it's like having to worry about my kid walking out the door. And if he, you know, it's just about keeping him alive. And uh, no idea. That's not how I grew up. My parents didn't treat me like that. Never been in trouble with the police except for when I was doing stuff wrong and actually never really got in trouble when I did my major things wrong. So... Uh, grateful for that. But I, you know, I, I, the only time I've ever been approached by the police or, you know, pulled over by the police is when I was doing something wrong. And Rodney and I became friends because we would talk about the difference between my world and his world, honestly. And, and I think that that, that the, the level of humility that you have, you know, cause I, I think that, um, a lot of white people want to tell what America's like for black people. The trick is you don't know what America's like for black people. You're not black. I mean, any more than, you know, I know what it's like to be a, a guy or a man knows what it's like to give birth to a child. If you haven't done it, 
you can't possibly know what it is. And so for me, just listening to the experience differential and stuff, you know, the thing, and, and it's so fitting for today. You know, we, I watched a press conference. I don't know who watched the press conference that Governor Sisolak did with um, A.G. Ford and Speaker Frierson and the other black leaders, Assemblywoman Morena Monroe Merez. I always forget her second last name, so I apologize. No disrespect. But anybody that watched that at the end, I'm sorry, okay, Moreau Manrino, thank you. Um, Anybody that watched that at the end, when they opened the questions up to the press, uh, there was was something that happened, and, and Attorney General Ford, somebody, you know, I think from the rurals, uh, I don't want to call him a, uh, I don't want to call anybody a racist unless I know them personally, but um, certainly a, a, a racist sympathizer or someone that is white and misinformed um, said to the attorney general something to the effect of, you know, how do you explain the looting and the, and the rioting? And there was no rioting at the governor's mansion and attorney general Ford. And I don't know if it was because he was probably going to lose his cool or if it was because he is African-American. But either way, that question to a, the attorney general after he gave his you know, address and all of his accomplishments and the things that he had done and his experience as a black man raising black children and the other two lawmakers gave their experience, one as a black man and one as a black woman, for a white person to question that is offensive to say the very least um and so i don't want to say that i know why attorney general ford didn't answer that question but what he said was i'm not even going to go there with you for whatever reason and he might have done it because you know there's certain things he can say and do because he's the first black constitutionally elected official in the state of nevada but what happened was the governor stepped in and basically said excuse me i'll answer that question and the governor was very clear. And he, you mean you had a 14-year-old who had a long rifle outside my house? Because guess what? It's his house. We elected him. And to the, all the recall Sisolak people um, or the reopen Nevada people that think it's not his house, it's his house because you only got 33, 000, a little over 33,000 signatures when you needed 246,000 and some change. Uh, you only got 36,000 or 33,000 of those in order to recall them. So you weren't even close. I know they're launching another recall, and that's for a different day. But there was a 14-year-old with a long rifle who was white in Carson City outside the governor's house. And the governor said uh, to the effect, there was a white 14-year-old outside my house with a long rifle. I'm sure that he didn't come to that, you know, political rally by himself and have that rifle. I mean, obviously his parents brought him there or someone did because he can't even drive and somebody gave him the long rifle. And what do you think would have happened if a black boy had at 14 had a long rifle at a Black Lives Matter conference? You know, you had two KKK members, the governor tweeted today. Two white people, well, I can't say they were white because they had their, you know, they had their faces covered, but two people in Fallon, Nevada were, were uh, you know, walking around in KKK hoods today at a Black Lives Matter protest. And you want to talk to me about how there's, there's, there's no, you know, there's no injustice, there's no inequality? 
that's, you know, all of those things I just mentioned are white privilege. I can say things that uh, Rodney can't say, for example, you know. Um, I can also offend people that Rodney probably wouldn't offend. So it's a double-edged sword in that. But, you know, the fact that Governor Sisolak can say things that the attorney general can't say, uh, and, and it happens all the time. We see it all the time. And if you're not awake, you don't even know. And that's just a prime example. So I think that for the, for the nature of this conversation, you know, Nevada is going to change. And we have to make sure that we send the right people in the legislature to put the legislation on the governor's desk to make sure that our sheriffs are, are enforcing things, to, you know, to be able to give uh, Attorney General Ford, who is, according to the Constitution, the chief law enforcement officer in this state, to make sure that he has the backing and the understanding of the people of Nevada to be able to do his job, which is to make the sheriffs do their job. And I think that that's so important because we got a lot of laws on the books that aren't followed. And we have to make sure that we get legislation passed, but that then we have it followed. Because if you know, rule of law is nothing if it's not enforced equally, which has been, which is what's happened. So I hope that answered the question, Rodney. Sorry. You there, Rodney? Yep, I am here. And yes, you did answer the question. So now that you all know a little bit about why we have the show, you know how a little bit about Sarah, you know how we came together to start this show. And as you all know, today was election day. Today, that's right, was election day in Nevada. Hopefully you all went out and cast your vote for the candidates of your choice. Uh, do you all know how, how good it is to be able to just fill out leisurely your ballot, stick it in the mail, and have made your choice for those that you want to represent you? You didn't have to walk past armed, militarized encampments. You didn't have to duck and cover. No, didn't have to do any of that. All you had to do was simply fill out a ballot. And if you didn't want to really drive anyplace, you could have simply put it in the mailbox and it would have been delivered and that would have been voting to choose people to represent you in government. So because this is a representative government and citizens have a role to play, and that is to choose who you want to represent you. So today I got a chance to choose who I wanted to represent me. And I hope you all did the same, and I hope it made you feel good. As a matter of fact, let me tell you, I'm going to read to you how it made me feel. It says, one of the most cherished benefits of being an American citizen is to freely choose those that I want to represent me and lead our country. I have served overseas. I have served overseas where to the, to the massless might of the United States military to bring and then ensure the continuation of those rights to people abroad. Today, today, as my friend Michelle says, today, I was able to simply fill out my ballot and put it in the mail. Today, 
I freely exercised my civic duty and responsibility and voted for the government of my choice. I hope you all who are listening in Nevada did the same. All righty. Well, now that I've said that, let's get into why we're having this show. And then again, for those of you Rodney, who if are I could, if I could listen- say one thing, well, Rodney, I'm sorry to inter- interrupt. If I could say one thing um, about the Nevada law for the general election, um, and we could we could put a, a link up somewhere for anybody that wants it. But in Nevada now, in case anybody doesn't know the law, you are allowed to ask for an absentee ballot uh, for any circumstance. The only thing you have to do, if you go to the uh, Secretary of State website, there's a, a, a form on there with instructions to send it into the um, county where you live, their recorder, and they will send you a ballot. So I did that for November just because I don't know what, you know, what the, the state of the COVID is going to be or, quite frankly, anything else for that matter. But in Nevada, that's a huge piece of legislation that passed the session um, last last cycle. So a lot of people may not know that they have that option. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I think it's important to say that uh, mail-in voting is easy in Nevada if you, um, if you, if you know about it. There you have it. And, and one of the other reasons why that's important is because the person that said 1600, I believe some people are calling it now Black Lives Matter Place, formerly known as 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, has <laughs> talked about some issues of voting absentee. As a matter of fact, he said it's fraudulent. The only time it's not fraudulent is when he does it. Now, maybe he doesn't know that people like myself who served abroad uh, for this country in the United States military, that was the way that we voted every year was through mail-in ballots. And I do not recall an instance of any fraud, any abuse, or anything. As a matter of fact, usually what I would hear is, well, if it's close, we may have to wait on some of the mail-in ballots from our military. That's usually what I would hear. Never heard any allegations of fraud. So, but just in case something happens, as Sarah said, um, you can, that is our law, and feel free to exercise that law to ensure that the same freedom that you had today to cast your ballot for who you want to lead our government, you will have come this November 3rd. So, as I was saying earlier, the topics of the show were Michelle Fiore race and the Nevada GOP. And then underneath that, we already covered uh, E Pluribus Unum, the name of our new show. And I think, you know, we, we need some background on Michelle Fiore and, and, and then what happened this weekend and what happened today, because she was on the six o'clock news on the, the local yeah, channel 13 and didn't seem to have a clue yeah. about what people were talking about. So Sarah, why don't you <laughs> I'm give so a little shocked bit of... about that. I, I can't believe she didn't know what anybody was. I'm being so sarcastic when I say that. So, you know, it's funny. It's, um, I think Michelle Fiore thinks that she can get herself out of this, but if you watch her just keep talking, 
everything that she does is racist because she's she's a race she doesn't even know she's racist i mean and 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 that's fine that whatever you are but those people in my opinion should not be serving in in the government and and dictating laws and enforcements of laws and policies and for for me it's not okay and uh so Michelle Fiore used to be a state assemblywoman. She tried to do um, campus carry in 2015, I believe it was. You know, she's very mature. She stormed out of the state legislature when she didn't get her own way with that bill, uh, as though she had a temper tantrum. She tried to run for Congressional District 3 in 2016. She got primaried by um, Danny uh, Tarkanian. And uh, that Jackie Rosen eventually won that seat. Um, And uh, then she ran for city council. Um, She was involved involved in the Clive Bundy matter. I don't know too much about that, except that um, the the police officers that, uh, that treated Clive Bundy a certain way, I know black people have never really been treated that way. And Clive Bundy was considered by some a, a domestic terrorist. So, um, but I, you know, that I'm not skilled enough to speak on that, but she, if you're familiar with the Clyde Bundy matter, she, she, um, she was a huge defender of that. So she now sits on the city council cause we got blessed with her. And, and, you know, the truth is she sits there because she won by 3,700 votes in a ward that has tens of thousands of people. So see, we need to start showing up for our elections not just when there's a president or a senator on the ballot, right, for all of our elections. Because the way the GOP has maneuvered and manipulated and been able to stay in government is because they show up. So she got like 3,700 votes and some change, and her opponent got very little less than that, 156. And the demographics of her ward are 1,000. She's also the city councilwoman for the Arborview High School. Um, Many people that are probably listening are uh, clear about what happened in Arborview last year with the Instagram page and the N-word and the white kids that threatened to, to blow up the school who were, you know, tried in the juvenile court and basically told to, you know, write a letter of apology. And I think those same children uh, decorated a Trump truck um, for the parade of Arborview, which we can do that on another show, but I just want, I mean, you know, our, our per, senior parades aren't supposed to be political on either side of the aisle. You know, so much has become political, and, uh, and Michelle Fiore keeps it political. So that's the background on Michelle Fiore. She was at this last election when Mayor Goodman was elected. She was named Mayor Pro Tem, which means if the mayor, you know, our mayor has embarrassed herself too, and um, uh, we always have to be careful what we're trading them in for because, you know, as kooky as Carolyn Goodman might have shown herself to be lately, Michelle Fiore is um, way worse than that, way worse than that. So um, my my experience with Michelle Fiore is uh, she, she, oh, she's also, I'm sorry, she's also the hand-picked backroom deal person, uh, RNC chairwoman for the NVGOP. She was hand-picked by uh, Michael McDonald. He uh, he wants her because if he has her on there, then he can control the uh, the votes on the executive board. And so there's a lot of infighting in the GOP, the Clark GOP, and the Washu GOP. Um, don't get along with Michael 
for other reasons than besides what I've than what I figured out and what I found out about Mike. But um, Michelle Fiore was his picked person to protect him. She'll do whatever he says. I mean, she can raise money. She does raise a lot of money, so she's not totally useless. But she's totally, you know, aligned with Mike, and um, and uh, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't. As the as the Clark County Republican Party said, what she said at their convention did not represent Republican values. And I'm so glad that they said that because they're not supposed to. And I think for for the purpose of this conversation, it's not necessarily important what exactly she said. It is important that she said it to the tune. Um, something of the effect of she got up there and she said, I am a white woman and I should not lose my job because of their black asses. And I've heard some other things that she might've raised the fist and said white power and that kind of stuff. Either way, Miss Fiore, I, I hope, I mean, I would welcome Miss Fiore to call into any of our shows. I'd be more than happy to have a conversation with her. Um, and, and let her deny to me that she said something because she said many racially charged things in, in this in this community. Um, so basically, you know, I would like to educate Ms. Fiore that um, white women, women in general, were never given uh, affirmative action. Actually, affirmative action was written at the, the end of the civil rights movement, and w- women – uh, were added to affirmative action by President Nixon, and I think circa 1970 or right around there, obviously between 68 and 72. And she um, she should understand that white women as a demographic have taken advantage of affirmative action more than anyone else. And we were it wasn't even legislation that was passed for us. We were written into it by executive order, and it's funny now how Republicans are against executive orders when the other guy does it. But when President Obama gave the Dreamers DACA by executive order, that's wrong. So, and I mean, if that's the premise and that's our principle, then affirmative action for white women should be wrong. And then white women need to give back everything to the government that they got from affirmative action, which nobody wants to do. But, you know, the hypocrisy is what kills me. You know, it's not okay when your guy does it, and it's not okay when their guy does it. it you know, and especially when you when you um, when you take advantage of it. So basically, you took advantage of it. You got what you got from it. The world was paved better for you, based on the journey that white women uh, made, because it's been made better for me. Thank you, all the people that came before me. But black people, who the legislation was meant for, didn't get anything. Native Americans didn't get anything. So I, I just want to know how that's fair. And it's it's disrespectful. It's disrespectful to women who paved the way for Michelle Fiore and me. And it's disrespectful to black people who the legislation was designed for. Because, you know, if you knew how to compete, Ms. Fiore... You wouldn't have to worry about losing your job to their black asses because you're actually protected class. Black people aren't. And, and again, I mean, this is a woman we have writing laws for us. She doesn't even know how government works. So that's Michelle Fiore. So for those of you who are listening, uh, you can give us a call if you'd like to ask a question, if you have a comment. 
at area code four two or excuse me five one six five three one nine five three five. Once again that's five one six five three one nine five three five. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know what it is that you all have to say. What do you think about Nevada politics? What do you think about a sitting councilwoman that makes a comment like Miss Michelle, Michelle Fiore is alleged to have made? And that comment, Sarah, tell them again what it was. And, and do you know the context in which she said it? Yes, it was basically the context in which she said it was they had their convention and they asked, you know, pretty much any sitting leader or anyone running for office uh, to get up and say a few words in solidarity of what was going on in the world. And, and, you know, nothing, nobody said anything that was offensive or mean. And and I just want to say, too, that for a group of Republicans, to get offended by racism, that'll tell you how bad it was. Because, you know, we have had in our midst, as General Powell once said, a, well, I'm not a Republican anymore. I keep forgetting I'm not a Republican. I was a Republican for so long. Um, But in the midst of the Republican Party, as General Powell once said, you know, there's an underlying tone of racism. And, And it's been there. And, you know, uh, McCain and Romney weren't going to let it overtake the party in 2008 and 2012. And uh, what we have now is uh, a leader of the Republican Party that it's no longer the Republican Party. It is the party of Trump. And, uh, and it's the party of Trump in Nevada. And so if you don't agree with Trump and you come out against him, uh, you know, even even I'm not saying that the CCRP is against Trump because I don't want to get them in any more trouble with the with the with the people. I'm not saying that. I don't speak for them, but for them to to number one find um, ethical problems with what she said, and then number two, they came out on their own and made a statement. And from the sources that I have. Uh, in the party and active and involved and, and maybe even on some executive board positions, it was something that kept people up at night. So I just want to, you know, I want to say that because I think there's also a lot of misinformation that, you know, every single Republican is a racist or whatever. And, and that's just not true. You know, I felt like that too, when I left, I was angry and, and I'm so glad that, um, my my friend my friend William said there's good Republicans too, Sarah, because when this happened, they they called me and they're scared, Rodney. You know? They're scared because they have elections to win. They're in the middle of a political cycle. They're trying to, you know, save their county, um, which is their primary responsibility. Their responsibility is not to save Nevada or to save you know, the United States of America, they're focused on local elections. But, you know, for them, some of the people that are elected to Carson City are are, are not what they want. And they have commissioner seats running. And, I mean, that's a whole other thing. You know, it was very difficult for them to come out and, and do what they did. And I, I had a news reporter call me today. And what Michelle Fiore just said or didn't say 
expressedly like you know with a video or whatever isn't isn't even important you know the story should be the courage that the republican party had of uh, the central clark county republican central committee had to to call out values and speech that were not beholden to what their party platform was that it happened on their watch at their convention and you know what I mean, in their house, if you will, on a venue that they worked hard for, and that Ms. Fiore didn't have any problem embarrassing herself or that body. And that's what the, the news story should be, not what she said. She said it. I'll bet my son's life she said it. They wouldn't have made a statement, and they wouldn't have said she said it if she didn't say it. So she can spin it any way she wants. But it's not as though they're not getting harassed by Rob Lauer and Chuck Moose and Every other, you know, Republican, alt-right, conspiracy, QAnon theorist under the sun, because they are. And um, and I'm gonna. I don't speak for them, but I'm I'm gonna ask that the community that we are a part of and what we're trying to do, take their hat off to the Clark County Republican Party and thank them for doing what they did, because it took a lot of courage for them to do it. And I'm not a Clark County Republican fan, right? Okay, like I so, hit Dave Stasek, um, the chairman, harder than anybody. I was a Michael I'm McDonald Davey. person when I was on the NVGOP. So, um, so just to give you a little bit of background, I backed Mike McDonald for the state election in September that we had in Wittemucca. I campaigned for him. I voted for him. I carried proxies for him. Um, I, I have, I mean, I've, I've hit Dave Stajak probably harder than he's, so Dave Stajak is the chairman of the Clark County Republican Party. They're two separate entities. If you don't know how party politics works in Nevada, each county has a central committee. They have it on the Dem side too, but each county has a central committee and then the state has its own party. So Michael McDonald is the chairman of the state Republican Party. David Sajak is the chairman of the county party. So David Sajak and his county board appointed and elected are the ones who issued the statement in rebuking and denouncing Michelle Fiore and asking her to apologize, which clearly she's not going to apologize because she doesn't even think, well, she, she doesn't think she did it. And then, um, you know, you can't, you know what I mean? Um, and I just, that's what I love about it. Just keep letting her talk. Because it's just making it worse for her. But, I mean, I guess when you live in the land of alt-rightism or whatever you call it, that just becomes your normal. I don't know. But, um, so, I, I wasn't well, a fan Sarah, of Dave Sajak. I've, go ahead, I'm sorry. Tell people, because everyone may not know, and you've mentioned it a few times, tell them what the alt-right is. Okay, so when I say alt-right, I mean, um, I didn't know who the specific players were. Uh, I just knew them as like the alt-right, like the Charlottesville people. I just thought that they were all alt-right. And apparently, there are different segments, like names of them. Um, So I researched them, you know, I I remember. So this is what happened. I was um, in quarantine. And I had left the Republican Party, and I had been called everything but a human being and given death threats because I defended the quarantine and I defended, you know, the governor and, and stuff. And, and we all have the right to vote how we vote and believe what we believe. And, I, and I mean, that's beautiful about America. 
but you don't get to bully me for my beliefs. And so, um, or, or, or tell me that you're going to come kill me and my two year old child with a racial slur. Uh, but I was a part of some groups called uh, reopen Nevada and recall Sisolak. And I don't know how I got there, but somehow I got there and I figured I would just like screenshot racist comments as a social justice movement kind of thing uh, bored in quarantine and put a spreadsheet together to put it out to people and say, hey, we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't frequent these businesses because this is what they think about diversity and this is what they think about, you know, saying that they're racist or whatever without knowing that the alt-right was here in Nevada. And so what I discovered on May the 3rd was, and I have screenshots to back up anything I say because uh, they, they like to try to threaten to sue you. Um, so I hope you do sue me. And, uh, basically what, um, Angela Blass, B-L-A-S-S, she is the, our admin or was, I don't know if she still is, but she was one of the admins and the coordinator of the Recall Sisolak movement. And she posted right after the riot at the governor's mansion in Carson City. Um, the next day she posted that she would like to thank the, Proud Boys and the Three Percenters and Big WWE Dan, which is um, alt-right connected congressional candidate Dan Rodemer for CD3 uh, in case he wins the primary. I I um, think it'll be easier for Ms. Lee to burn him, for Congresswoman Lee to beat him and burn him to the ground. Um, but uh, I didn't know who the Proud Boys were, Rodney, and I and I. I called you, I think, and I said, you know, who are the Proud Boys and the Three Percenters? And she's like, what? You know, you were like, what did you find? And I'm like, wow, he's excited. And then you told me they were the people behind Charlottesville. I mean, clearly I know what Charlottesville is. So the outright are people who want to keep injustice, that think that black people aren't equal. Uh, They consist of what I found in Nevada, the Boogaloo Boys, the Proud Boys, the three percenters and the American guard. And they're also connected to certain candidates. Uh, Jim Marchant was connected to the American guard. Um, The reopen Nevada rallies were coordinated by a gal named Natalie Thomas. Her Twitter handle is at LVPBG. I guess what stands for Las Vegas proud boy girl. You can look her up on Twitter, look her up on Facebook. It's the same. She also supported Dan Rodemer. Um, and so I do want to say, too, that there were some people in the at the Reopen Nevada protest um, that, you know, were not – they didn't know who the Proud Boys were any more than I did. And um, now I have educated them, and they have told me that they will not be attending any more of those right-wing rallies because they've been accosted by the uh anything you know like that has now is now done by the alt-right so that's who they are so we are down to our last two minutes and 20 seconds of the show and we didn't quite get to cover everything that we had scheduled to cover so we wanted to talk about uh councilwoman uh michelle fiori's uh, comment, we did, uh, but there's a few. Th- you talked a little bit about the alt right in the GOP, who's who, 
and you just named some names. Uh, you also wanted to talk sure, about so, the Clark oh, GOP getting hit for coming out, which you did. Uh, you said that Michael McDonald lied to the body about the uh, governor. Yes. Uh, Chuck yes. Booth and, and, is a racist and race relations and how we move forward was the last one. So, so, you got two so I'll just say real quick. Okay, Michael McDonald told the Clark County Republican Central Committee body, and it's on video. It's on my Facebook. My Facebook is Sarah, S-A-R-A, Haley, H-A-L-E-Y. Um, and you can go there and watch it. It's a live feed. He basically said that the governor of Nevada used the Gaming Control Board, which is um, or threatened to use the Gaming Control Board to pull the license of Harris uh, South Lake Tahoe if they didn't cancel the Republican uh, state convention. And the governor put out a statement yesterday refuting that comment. Um, it's all on there. It's it's 12 minutes long, so that's that. I'm going to let you talk about uh, Chuck Moose is a racist. He denied Michelle Fiore said what she said. Michelle Fiore answered the Nevada Indy question by going out on Twitter and getting, you know, a picture with her token black friend, which, I mean, her very response was racist. She doesn't even know. And then ra uh, race relations and moving forward, Rodney, I'm going to let you, you handle that one. So thank you for tuning in, everybody. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Well, since we only have about 30 seconds left, I really won't be able to do much with race relations okay. and how we move forward. I guess we'll have to do another and separate show on that. So what you all have been listening to has been the first show of Our Own Voices Live, E Pluribus Unum. Uh, it was on for an hour. This is the first. Stay tuned for uh, – we'll get a Facebook page up and stay tuned for – when we will be back, and I hope that you will join us and leave us comments of the show, whatever you thought about it. It's our first one, and I'm sure there's room for improvement, and I'm sure you'll let us know what those improvements are that need to be made. So look for that Facebook page. Look for a Twitter page, and you've been listening to Our Own Voices Live's E Pluribus Una with Sarah. Sarah Weston and Rodney Smith, and I, if everybody could just please, um, please try to uh, be safe out there. Yes, by all means. So we will hopefully see you again soon. Stay tuned. All right, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.